to the Twistcast, the official podcast of the Twisted Cape. My name is Sam. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. How you guys doing today? Pretty good. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit tired. My, I might be a little slow on the uptake today. I, I'm so glad that we got that sound. I'm hoping that came through crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard it. So, uh, so we're going to start out, as always, with the news. And we got a ton of... A ton uh-huh. of stuff to talk about tonight. When don't we? We oh, always do. Well, you know what? It's it's well, true. We're just, we're just chock full of news. It's but, the nature of the beast. But so, sometimes there's there's news that is like kind of one sided. But I feel like we have a whole bunch of different things like merger new, like comic news, merger news, like all different things that come together under this umbrella of superhero stuff. You know. I think it's a pretty diverse group of news today. I would agree with that. So I want to hop right in. Uh, so start with some comic book stuff. Um, so Marvel Inf- Marvel's Infinity Wars uh, event that's coming out later this summer, Infinity early fall. Wars. Yes, it's it's plural. It, wars. It still bothers me, even though I know it's correct now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it will have a whopping eleven covers for that first issue, Ooh, and damn. may add more, which is which is pretty Insane. awesome because I I love being able to pick and choose my covers when I go to the comic book store. It's pretty sweet. Uh, so last time we talked about DC's uh, giant comics that are going to Walmart. Yes. So the reason behind that, uh, the Batman writer that's writing Superman, he said it's to help drive more customers to the comic book store. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know if you guys saw the report or not, but comic book sales overall are down. I did see something about that earlier today, yeah. So those sales are down, but digital and graphic novel sales are up. I mean, as long as we're selling still. Yeah, something, something's being sold. It doesn't matter. And graphic novels are actually a little bit easier for just a common person to read anyway. Yeah. Who doesn't go to the comic book store? It's a self-contained story, and usually. Um, but they've also, in Walmart, basically hidden these comics in the store, basically impossible to find yeah you know what it, it was great because almost immediately after they put the comics in the stores people were like uh so they pretty much just fucking hit all the comics <laughs> uh i thought they they were you know exclusive to here where are they they are yeah <laughs> here here's a here's a scavenger hunt they are exclusive they come with their own scavenger hunt, and you know you just got to search for it, put a little work in. Go through yeah. the entire store, and you'll yeah. eventually find it somewhere. You'll find it probably in the automotive department. And it's Walmart, so you know those customer service reps are super helpful. Oh, so helpful! It's like I didn't know I had to be a detective to get Detective Comics. Oh, you know what so I'm you saying? did there! Ah. Oh God! DC uh, <laughs> Comics is relaunching its Milestone imprint this October, uh, starting with a bi-monthly Static Shock book. Ooh. Uh, the line will also feature Love Army and Duo, which uh, interesting. Speaking of specials, the Avengers will have a Halloween special this October, and that will feature X Men, Daredevil, and Punisher. So that's that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, I like those those um, holiday themed specials. Yeah, fun. Uh, <laughs> the '90s character Sleepwalker. I don't know if you guys know about that. Guy. I I do not. Okay. I don't think so. Oh, it's bad. Uh, it's it's getting its own Infinity Wars book, uh, so it's just like, all right, we're I don't know why we're doing that, but we're apparently doing that. You know what? I'm glad that they're having fun with this because I'm sure there are so many characters like 
oh yeah just like this one that i have never heard of in my life <laughs> and are gonna be like what the actual hell is going on here it'll be the next big mcu property yeah exactly yeah, probably uh, right <laughs> look i'm sorry they've they've given us a talking tree and a talking raccoon it, they can do whatever the fuck they want like it, it just doesn't matter yeah <laughs> uh in november wonder woman gets a new creative team uh, in G. Willow Wilson and Carrie Nord. I'm interested to see that because Wonder Woman is one of those books I'm absolutely in love with right now. It's it's just so well written. Um, uh, that's exciting. Um, sad. Uh, Mr. Miracle <laughs> na- uh, issues 9 sad. through 12. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm basically walking Twitter feed. Uh, if, you, if you can't see his face, he's just going to tell you. <laughs> the emotion yeah. straight out it's like that uh like that one race in mass effect where they, like, oh, they the, can't um, emote properly i can't remember their names but they're huge yeah they're like, i forget their names like, <laughs> they're some of my favorite characters because they're <laughs> so just funny. so weird yeah they are uh so sadly uh mr miracle uh issues 9 through 12 get rescheduled so now they will release august 1st 22nd and october 10th um which obviously delays when we get to talk about it because we want to talk about the entire series because I love it, and it's so awesome. Yeah, you Man, won't every, shut up about it. Every time you talk about Mr. Miracle, I just think of Mr. Mime. And I just want to... <laughs> that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's just wrong. Mr. Mime. Mr. No. Mime. It's not it. It's not it at all. Oh, my God. You are... Mr. Miracle. Way off Mr. Base. Miracle. Uh, that's why I want him to do every time he gets out of something. Oh, Jesus. Uh, duh, and then duh. throw glitter. A glitter? Yeah. Glitter bomb. Oh, God damn it. What the You're fuck? You're never getting all that glitter off. <laughs> I can't wait to surprise you one day and just throw glitter straight in your fucking no. face. It's no. It's going to happen. Glitter is the AIDS of the art world. It once really you, is. Once you get it on you, you are not getting it, it off. It doesn't come off, and it's the Ever. absolute worst. Uh, all right, so Doc Ock actually returns in October in a new ongoing called The Superior Octopus, which is interesting to me because of the spin in um, Superior Spider-Man. And he just recently popped up again at the end of um, the Spider-Man mm. Go Down Swing that we yep. read yep. and talked about. Was that last podcast? Yeah, I think it was it last podcast. No, it was two podcasts two, ago. Two podcasts? Yeah. I, oh, they're t- all blending together. Time is a construct. Uh, <laughs> DC is making uh, Old Lady Harley Quinn series. <laughs> Uh, continuing the big two's long-standing tradition of ripping off each other's ideas. So here's the thing about <laughs> Harley Quinn. There's a few kind of appeals to Harley Quinn, and you're taking away about half the appeals of Harley Quinn. <laughs> so uh, I yeah. wonder, I wonder how the sales are going to go for that one. I, I mean, it's it's just so interesting because Marvel has like Old Man Logan, Old Man Hawkeye. Uh, old man like they just like did this thing far future where these characters are old yeah and just dealing with things and it's just like oh we're just gonna steal that shit well i mean i guess we've been <laughs> doing it for years why the fuck stop now and that's that's your male centric perspective by sam cranach yeah <laughs> <laughs> boobies yeah in case you missed it boobies i think right am i right kind of close, yeah close enough yep all right good uh marvel's what if series returns this october one of which is um, it's, it's Spider-Man centric and it's really fucking weird because Uncle Ben tells Peter to get vengeance and Peter becomes the Ooh. Punisher so you have a Punisher Spider-Man mashup it looks fucking crazy I saw the costume for that I uh-huh. think I did too yeah and oh. I, I the second I saw it I'm like is that Punisher Spider-Man ooh I didn't know I didn't know if it was um like a symbiote Punisher 
you know, this is even better. Yeah. Because I feel like at this point, if you use symbiote for anything. Don't you mean symbiote? Yeah. Fuck you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It was so much scorn. Uh, Yeah. If you use symbiote for anything now, I feel like it's just a cop out. Like to change a character. Absolutely. So just making making that simple switch of like decision like it is a thing that he did you know to change the character completely i like that a whole lot better <laughs> sorry jesse <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck with my science <laughs> all right uh shuri is getting her own comic book uh this fall uh although she already had one and it was called black panther because she took over the mantle of black panther so <laughs> it just uh feels a little redundant uh, it's it's movie it's, be driven i suppose so it's not good it's it's just going to be her not as black panther though no even though she's already been black panther so it's just like right but this series she is not the black panther no. okay well that's cool yeah, i suppose because she has to <laughs> she's like we'll see how it goes. Uh, she's the tech center of wakanda you know how much how much shit she probably has to do on a daily basis we'll see so we'll it's just going to be like her exploits as like the glorified country's it yeah center yeah <laughs> Oh man! Did you remember? try turning it off and turning it back on again? Remember, yeah, the old Microsoft solution. Uh, remember in Black Panther though, when she fucking hopped in the car and she totally stepped up with that shit. Yeah, that's true. That was super cool. I'm sure they're gonna take like a, a route, you know, a route like that. That's gonna be sweet. All right, uh, final piece of comic news: uh, Justice League Dark, a new Justice League title, and Wonder Woman will cross over this October. <laughs> 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 What the fuck just happened there? <laughs> that was Sorry. like an inwards hiccup. It was. Let me start over. <laughs> I don't care if you leave it in or not. That's too funny. <laughs> oh, it's staying. Okay. Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman will cross over this October in an event called The Witching Hour. Hmm. <sighs> Ominous. It is. Hmm. Right around Halloween, so that should be fun. And if you if you haven't seen um, the animated movie Justice League Dark. She makes that noise? Yes. <laughs> It's hilarious. Uh, can I make that a can I make that a text message sound? Yeah, please, like just isolate it and just send it to me so I can just. You're gonna get a lot of questions because it doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. Oh. Oh, what? No. I, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Couldn't help but notice. What was that sound? What the fuck was that noise? Um, yeah, but if you haven't seen the animated movie Justice League Dark, it is probably the best animated dc movie that has come out in the last two years i'm going to say ladies and gentlemen on unintended segue right there uh we're going to talk about some dc uh cu and tv starting with the streaming service all right so uh the streaming service first i'm pretty sure that's actually one of the things that shows up Mm. Batman the Animated Series streams in HD on the show, which is nice. Uh, the Titans trailer dropped this morning. Um, <clears throat> Sam does not love it. Uh, we'll, laughable. We'll break that down. Fucking laughable. We'll break it down more later as time goes on. And we finally got some details. Um, so it's available for pre-order at DCUniverse.com. Uh, the cost is either $7.99 a month or $74.99 for an annual subscription, which is a, clearly a discount. Um, Much of one, but... It's, it's, it's a discount either way. Uh, if you pre-order, you get three months for free. Oh, well. Right off the bat. 
And if you pre-order by July 22nd, it enters you into a contest to win a trip to the Aquaman, Aquaman premiere. Let's do it. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even a question. <laughs> Why'd you tell all of our listeners now, now that we have more competition? Eh, please. Cats out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, Look, it's fine. By the time the they listen is, to this. That's true. By the time, we'll already have, have, have done it. Exactly. Written, you know, it's we'll be good. Um, I don't know how to say this guy's name, and I'm going to fuck it up, and I feel so bad. Uh, Jimon Hansu. Um, has been cast in Shazam. Just call him Hansu. It sounds badass. Yeah. Uh, giving him the distinct pleasure of being in Guardians of the Galaxy. He will be in Captain Marvel as part of the flashback. And now he'll be in Shazam. He's the guy that was like um, chasing Star-Lord in the very end of the first Yeah. He, yeah um, Star-Lord, man. Who? who? Yeah. That oh, guy. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there is a the Birds of Prey movie. Well, will be anchored by Black Canary, Renee Montoya, Huntress, and Cassandra Kane, and will feature a never-before-seen, uh, in the movies, Batman villain, which Ooh. shot down my hope for seeing Penguin, like a reimagined Penguin. Huh. Well, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting. I, I actually think there's a lot of potential for a very strong story here, and I'm really, really um, excited to see what they do with Kane's bat suit like that's see I don't like, know which version of Cassandra Kane they're going with because they could either give her a bat suit or they can make her orphan like in the in the rebirth uh, yeah she's basically a fucking badass ninja right okay who knows who knows I'm cu- I'm you're curious about the uh the the villain will it be like a black mask or something like that I think they should use Christopher Walken again yeah I mean, look. Anytime you get walking in, you you walk in. Yeah, right. Well, maybe get circling it. back to this. <laughs> I think Black Mask would be an interesting choice. I'm surprised that he hasn't been a villain so far. Yeah, because he's so super interesting. Yeah. So and like it's so doable. He's just a guy with a black mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that's what pretty happens. much is a mob boss. Yeah. Like boom. That's what makes it fun. Yep. Uh. So. The CW will be de- developing a Batwoman TV series for 2019 spinning out of the crossover this December where they introduce her and Gotham, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and speaking of the crossover, this year there will be no Legends of Tomorrow in this year's event, which is a little disappointing because I absolutely love that show. Hmm. I still have yet to catch up on it. Yeah, yeah. but me too, but just never it's got just onto it. It's just dumb fun. It's dumb, you can just watch it and that's enjoy a, yourself. That's kind of fun. It's a good time. Dumb fun. Uh, Agent Liberty is coming to Supergirl this fall, played by Sam Witwer. Uh, interesting note there, he played Doomsday in Smallville way back in the day. The Doomsday character. That's cute. <laughs> I feel like Supergirl's just turning to one just giant Smallville reunion. Yeah, at times. Oh my god, did you hear that they were trying to bring back Smallville? Get the fuck out of here. That show, like, ended I, on a clear note. <laughs> I thought they were talking about doing it as, like, a like an animated series. Mm, even. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's even worse. Why would you do that? Should I say it? Should I say it? Yeah. DC fucks up again! Yep. Thank you. There it is. There it is. Yep. Uh, we got our first official look at Shazam. Oh, yeah. Uh, through that EW cover. Which that was pretty cool. I I actually think DC might change, might switch around. Like Between this and Wonder Woman, I think they might be setting the ship right. Um, Not Aquaman? 
I don't yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Aquaman. Dude, I, I don't either. Like, I, I'm excited for Aquaman. I'm excited for it, but I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know. Like, so, I, we'll see the trailer. Have you ever seen any James Wan movies? Ja- oh, I thought you just said James Bond movies. No. And I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with Aquaman? <laughs> no, 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 no. Is this basically like James Bond in the ocean? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, pretty much. That'd be great. I mean, everything's wet, so automatically it's sexier. Mm. Um, it's so wet. So... I don't think I've seen a James Wan movie that I haven't liked. Um, so I, I have faith that he's going to push everything in the right direction. Yeah, so between James Wan and Jason Momoa, I, I think it's going to be really good. I just need to see a little bit of footage here to help me solidify that feeling. I don't want to get my hopes up. I saw the poster that they released last week at time of recording. Um, and at first I was like, okay, this could be decent. And then like I saw it again later. I'm like, wait. This looks pretty shitty. Uh, so. I, I can't judge anything based off a poster. <laughs> but like, it if that's what they're gonna do just for a poster, it doesn't really give me much hope. Yeah, we'll see. you know, Black Manta looks fucking cool though. Have you seen stills of him? Yes, yes, I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, we get a good villain. Um, and I, I surprisingly watched Justice League uh, again because my wife hadn't seen it. Oh, uh, a couple days ago, and they like the post credits teaser about the legion of doom mm-hmm. um like that like ran through my mind like oh my god could we assemble this through just little drops and tidbits and then boom hit it with a justice league sequel uh, i don't know that's gonna happen <laughs> but we'll see um quick side note uh my wife and i just watched um batman versus superman and there there is absolutely no excuse for the horrible, god awful CGI that was Steppenwolf when you watch Batman versus Superman. Oh my god, you're and, right. And you see Doomsday. That shit looks so good. You're right. No excuse. How have they gone backwards? Because I they don't spent know. all their money casting all these people before they had money to spend. It's it was absurd. Uh, uh, we couldn't believe it. Like we actually paused the movie. And we're like, all right, you see this here? This is what they should have done. And we were like, yep, yep, that's what, yeah, they should have did it. And they didn't. So, side note ended. Michael. All right. Uh, Batman The Dark Knight is returning to theaters uh, for its 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Um, so much. Love the movie. Love the movie. Love Heath Ledger in the movie. I actually saw, like, a Facebook memory that came up for me where I was like, oh, I don't know about this Heath Ledger. Uh, and then I... I reposted it. I was like, God, it feels so good to be wrong. Yeah. It really does. Um, speaking of Superman, uh, thank you for that, by the way. Uh, Henry Cavill wants Brainiac for the next Superman movie. It's a logical Manistel. choice. I mean, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> logical. <laughs> let's, let's see what you did there. Uh, and in the second half of DC, fucks up again. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. Whackin' Phoenix. Whackin'. Uh, Phoenix's movie, Joker movie he says, is not a superhero movie. Good. Which is weird to me. So what is it? (laughs) So he then goes on to say it can't be defined as a genre. Uh, And it's set to release now in October 4th of 2019. So so we have the Joker movie, and we have Ant-Man and Wasp that are in in the Wisp uh, that are totally undefined genre-wise. God damn it. We are... We are oh, sailing on uncharted waters. Did here, that my did friends. that poll ever end? Because I don't know where it ended. 
Uh, I don't did, think it did. It did not end. Okay, good. So we'll, we'll catch up with that again at yeah. some other point. Ugh. All right, MCU and TV. Last piece of news here. Uh, Deadpool 2 set to get a home release in August. Uh, August 7th for digital. August 21st for the physical. Um, Let's get physical. Yeah. Well, we can do that. We can absolutely do that. Okay. We should turn off the mic straight though. Uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home, which I'm not sure if that's a working title or actual title. Uh, a couple of updates there. Uh, actor J.B. Smoove has been cast in a major yet unknown role, but it's described as a lead role. I'm thinking potentially J. Jonah Jameson. Um, okay. <laughs> which could be fun and really funny. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good, man. That He totally fits the... Um... Jim picks Spider-Man. He, he he fits the style of the um the feel that they're cultivating for the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> about to be Michael J. fucked up. Michael J. fucked. About to be Michael J. fucked up in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's all I can think of now. Uh, and Aladdin actor uh, Numan Akar has been cast in an unknown role, but it's been speculated that he will be the chameleon, which leads to further speculation that this will be a Spider-Man vs. the Sinister Six movie so what sony was trying to do with the amazing yeah. spider-man Mar- yeah, because- marvel's just like fuck you we're gonna do it first <laughs> <laughs> because jake gyllenhaal's been cast as mysterio hasn't he mysterio yes. yes yeah okay uh all right. wow that's gonna be a lot though like for a second movie to have all it, those especially right after avengers 4 yeah there'd be a lot to do but i don't think that they've i don't think they've overcrowded a movie yet like well, as far as villains are concerned, like, yeah, okay, but and and they, Sinister, but, Six, Sinister Six is very unique in that, like, it's like the six of them makes it what's so special because it, it's a gauntlet for Spider-Man. It's true. It's true, and the, not one person is at all the same or can do the same things. Yep. Like, one needs to be the planner, one needs to be the muscle, one needs to be like you know. Like, like, uh, get you fucked up guy. Yeah. Yeah. Covert. So, yeah. Yeah. Could it, be interesting. It could work. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, come circling back to one of the things that we said, earned a total of 161 million, uh, in that first weekend. That's um, really good for. Makes back almost all its production value, uh, cost rather, in that, in that first weekend. So, that's, that's nice. Nice. Um, Oh yeah, have we talked about the Infinity War release date? Um, get to it. Okay, it's two things away. Cool. Uh, so Marvel Kevin says Avengers Four will be the end of multiple storylines and roles may be recast. And we know that at least three the the big three Avengers are are their contracts are technically yeah. done after this. Yeah. So Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., and Chris Hemsworth. So, you know, we be prepared to see some new characters. Okay, uh, I don't. I don't know how I feel about roles recasted. Well, he, Marvel have always said that he wanted Iron Man to be James Bond, be able to be recast over and over and over again, continue to tell stories with some continuity, but just you know, you use a different actor. I, I it's going to be hard because we're ten years of Robert Downey Jr. in like what I consider to be his best ever role. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I could see uh, Iron Man specifically being recast. Uh, what was her name? Or uh, Riri Williams? Yeah, Riri. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah, but you could also well, Captain America is not difficult because you could use Bucky, you could use Falcon, 
either one of those guys has stepped in for Captain America. Right. And it's a logical prog- progression. Sure. Um, and both guys are kind of young enough to keep it going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Infinity War um, releases uh, later this summer, July 31st on digital or August 14th for physical. So you can cry all over again. Dude, they... Uh, so, so, uh, so interestingly about the crying... Uh, <laughs> Interesting I just, thing about crying. In case you feel like just weeping all over again, uh, they did an interview. They've done multiple interviews basically saying that with the Thanos snap, it actually affected all life. So plants, animals. Uh, so if you have a dog or multiple dogs, you may have survived, but all your dogs probably didn't. All of your cats probably didn't. So it's just another fuck you to Thanos. Wow. Son of a bitch. Well, so speaking of the um, Infinity War release date, I got trolled so hard. Oh, yeah? Uh, so I was just out of curiosity looking to see if Infinity War was re- going to be released anytime soon on like a digital marketplace. It is. I went on to the Xbox Live marketplace mm-hmm. and immediately saw like four th- like things for Infinity War. It's like holy shit, holy shit. Like is this is this going to be soon? No. No. And you can't watch it now. It's going to be 2 months from now, but we already have a placeholder for it. Just so you can look at the picture and not be able to do a damn thing about it. It's like, wow. Why even put it here? So F you for putting those placeholders there, but thank you for letting me see that it will be there. Good. Uh, three more things, and then we're done with the news. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse seemingly reveals, uh, some so marketing, rather, for it re- seemingly reveals Spider-Gwen, uh, who's being reca- renamed uh, Ghost Spider, and the Prowler, which is cool, because I love the Prowler. Uh, yeah, Prowler's eh, pretty cool. I love him. I always have. Uh, Spider-Man 90s cartoon gives does that character justice really well. That's, uh, that's all part of the Clone Wars, and not Clone Wars, but the Clone Saga. Right? No. Like, no? Uh, in that show, it might have been, but... In the comics, he is. Uh, no. No, not really. Isn't he another form of Peter Parker? No. Prowler's Hobie... Hobie um, um, Milner? No, that's that's a fucking pitcher. Hob- <laughs> <laughs> Hobie Brown Milner. Uh, oh, God. Oh, Kathy. Uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hobie Brown. Yeah, in, like, Ultimate universe he's miles morales's uncle i'm way off yeah <laughs> i don't know what you, i'm thinking of you sounded so like happy and proud about yeah, that really i know because i like because i specifically like read so much about the the clone saga i read about it in a book and i was like oh here's a few things i didn't know i guess i'm just really forgetting like what the name of that dude was though you, you crazy man sorry uh all right. Uh, after going through a field of seventy candidates, the Black Widow movie has found its director in uh, Kate Shortland, and she has ScarJo's blessing. Uh, the interesting thing there is that movie will reportedly be set before the Avengers, so kind of like, like Captain okay. Marvel. Avengers one. Yeah. Yep. So kind of like Captain Marvel, like you can incorporate a ton of characters and see them pre. Like they're Avengers. And I, I'm thinking they actually pull in Winter Soldier because of that line in Civil War where she's like, do you even remember me? And I can't remember them meeting face-to-face yeah, before. Well, 
Well, they did in Winter Soldier. Was it Winter Soldier where she said that? Yeah. No, it was Civil War. No, that she said it in Civil War, but they saw each other in Winter Soldier. They fought each other, yeah. Yeah. So, do you remember me? Nah, I don't know that that's like significant enough for her to say that. You like, don't think so? Nah. I shot you in the eye. You remember me? Yeah, like, like no, I'm sure he's shot a fuck ton of people. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark's parents. Oh. Uh, too soon? Nope. Too soon? Not soon enough. Nah, it was in the 80s. You're good. That's true. <laughs> and finally, Comcast has bowed out of buying Fox, which is the best thing that I've read in weeks. They, they've started to pursue something else. So that deal is going through. Yeah. We might be getting X-Men in Marvel real soon. We might be getting Galactus and Fantastic Four. Secret War. Secret War. All the possibilities. And that's your news. And like Mike said, that was the news. And we are now going to be talking about Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Superman. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I think we skipped ahead a little bit. Did we? We're doing Luke Cage first? Nope. Oh. Oh, well, okay. Well, then I'm off. Silly Jesse. (laughs) Tricks are for kids. (laughs) <laughs> I said earlier I was tired. All right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. So I'm going to start with a little backup information. Um, this entire six-issue series uh, introduces Brian Michael Bendis to the Superman universe. Uh, it starts actually in Action Comics 1000, where he does a small piece of the story there. Uh, and it encompasses part of Superman's uh, battle with a being called Rogelzar. Um, so your general thoughts on, on the series so far, gentlemen. Oh man. Um, I feel like I, so how many issues is it? Seven? Six. 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 I feel like I read the same issue six times. Basically. I wouldn't say six times, Uh, probably four. So if essentially to be, to be more detailed about it, you read six issues I feel like three quarters of the issue is the same as the last issue, and then you get a quarter of new information. It feels really, it feels like they really drug it out, and it could have had the same impact in three issues, if not like two. I agree. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of this at all. I mean, so I don't dislike superman i just i'm not a huge fan of superman so like going into it i I was like okay this might be entertaining it might not we'll see and i the more i read it the more bored i got with it and and it didn't help that they kept repeating exactly most of the last issue and like i understand what they were trying to do with it but at the same time it just didn't work yeah no it didn't but we got some we got some pretty funny Funny moments. We got some pretty cool moments. Yeah. Um, you know, there there was a... I personally really like the battle. Um, yeah, we'll get there. The, okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So, generally, I, I'm i kind of in line with you guys. Um, I... I liked that there was... There were some big resetting moments. And like Sam said, there are some really awesome uh, moments in general. But... I agree with you guys. It's like sometimes I feel like we were repeating ourselves. And by issue, I think three, I think the end of issue three, maybe partway through four, I'd already figured it out. I figured it out like the biggest mystery 
piece of it all. And I was like, all right, so what do I, what do I do? Right. The thing, the thing that I liked the most is that it was weekly. This wasn't drug out over six months. Because if this is if this had been like over six months, oh, yeah. I would have flipped shit. It would have been awful. Um, but that said, so let's get into some like specific spoilers. Okay. Um, so I'll start with art. Like, what did you guys think about the art in general? Well, uh, Jesse, you had some pretty good points about the artwork. So I was fine up until about halfway through issue five, and so up until that point, it's got a very distinct style. I like it. It looks great, but then. From, like, literally one page to the next, all the characters just start losing definition. There's less line work on the characters. The backgrounds just kind of disappear into nothingness. Yeah. And I I just don't like how it looks. Like, everyone just looks so... Well, really good point there. The backgrounds, like, I don't know... All right, this is kind of speaking of my my age and my marital status at this point. So if you ever watch HGTV, like, some of these houses that they design, the (laughs) interiors are just boring they're like white and beige and there's like nothing impressive about it at all Uh, well okay before you go on would you do you love it or would you list it Uh, in this case i'd probably list it oh okay hall of justice get the fuck out of here yeah so like the the interiors were just kind of like that like they were antiseptic and like not fun to look at yeah at points and like i'm looking at some of the panels right now and most of these characters just look like color blobs like, there's, there's no definition to them. That's a problem with your vision. Well, yeah. Like, you probably need to go see uh, a that, doctor and that, read. That, my appointment's your... next week. See a, pro- oh, okay, see a proctologist. Wait, wait, wait what? That's not, that's not that's the right That's me. Thing. Sorry. Okay. But that just raises so many more questions. I just ate a buffalo chicken cutlet sandwich, okay? The... I think a proctologist is in order. I, I'm okay, leave so, that there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm scared. Uh... <laughs> uh, all right, so getting back to this, though. Uh, Jesse, I know exactly when that switch happens in the art style, and you are absolutely right. The The interiors just look washed out, like no detail. Uh, however, I do kind of like, at times, the way the characters look. Like, I liked how they drew Batman. I liked how they drew the Flash and Wonder Woman. Um, you brought up a good point. That Superman looks like he's 12 years old. Which, oh, yeah. Which was, like, super awkward to look at. Um, so that was weird. But that was really the only shining moment of, like, that art style switch were the characters. But, like, the weird thing is it's only half an issue. It's not even right. a full issue. Yeah. And that by issue six, it's back to the way it was. Yep. So to me, that says that they were falling behind on production schedule. Yeah. Asked a guest artist to hop on. Um, all right. So... So I'll hop into some story points. Okay. So in case you didn't know, Superman, uh, after New 52, they replaced Superman with uh, an alternate version of Superman who is married to Lois and they have a son named John. Um, And they've gone through a lot. Then they find out that essentially Dr. Manhattan has removed um, Jor-El from the explosion on Krypton and Jor-El's still alive. Um, so that leads to parts of this. Um, so what do you guys think of the story, top to bottom, and hold back no spoilers? Okay, well, I mean, honestly, if if you took all six issues, and like I said, condensed it down, uh, took away all of the repeated panels, all the repeated dialogue... So get a little more specific there. Okay, so pretty much most of the repetition comes from this giant secret that they try and play off 
where um, John, um, Lois, and Clark are all in their uh, home. Yep. And all of a sudden, this big, bright ball of light appears, and they all just look very scared. And they draw out that one scene and the dialogue from that one scene for, like, three issues. And it's like, okay, like, we get it. We get it. John doesn't know what it is. You don't know what it is. Lois doesn't know what it is. So what the fuck is it? And then five or, you know, I guess in the fourth issue it is? or Fourth or fifth. Fourth like, or fifth. It, does, it takes a while to get there. And like I said... All these panels start in like the second issue. First issue. First yeah, issue. Very first okay. issue. So you get all these repeated panels from uh, issue one to issue four with repeated dialogue. And then all of a sudden you find out it is Superman's dad and he's here to take John away. Um, so that just was drawn out way too long. I agree. If, if, I, if I read. The, the sentence dad what is that one oh more God. time i yeah. was gonna flip the fuck out yeah like it wasn't it wasn't fun to read that over and over again you know what was really funny though what uh when they finally did decide to go and not all of them decided to go but yeah. when some of them did john really really had to clear out one of his drawers <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yes you could probably take a guess i mean he's what he... an adolescent kid could be hiding in a drawer <laughs> and he even made a point he's like if damien comes in <laughs> tell him not to go in that drawer he can't have what's in there <laughs> As a matter of fact, i'm just gonna clear that out <laughs> yeah so uh th- like that that brings up a little bit of an inconsistency for me right because certain certain writers write john a very specific way but then certain writers write him like he's fucking four and like make his speech patterns like that of a very young child, and it's not fun to read when he's written like that. Because then I've seen him at times. He has, he has there's a book called Super Sons. It's basically centered on John and Damien, and it's very it's a very fun read if you ever have the time to pick it up. Um, but it treats him like an adolescent kid or, or like a prepubescent kid, and like those writing inconsistencies drive me insane. And thankfully, that doesn't really happen here. He's treated like like a prepubescent kid who can form full goddamn sentences and say complete words. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's really cool that um, they have John and Damien together because it's it's such an interesting dynamic, and they're two very interesting characters in the sense that they they could be written like just really young kids but their mental state for the both of them is not like that's the right. kid their age that's exactly right you know and it's just it's cool to read you know yeah and there's some pretty funny story moments uh like involving like members of the justice league yeah so one of which involves batman for me <laughs> uh we, we talked well, about this a little bit before set this up too all right so uh there's a fire chief that, uh, and it's like a recurring plot point um, it's actually showed up in Superman number one that released like two weeks ago, um, where there's like a string of, of arsons or people setting fires. I'm not sure which, um, but, uh, Superman shows up, scares fire, the uh, deputy fire chief and Be- because, and he explains himself too. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot that, you know, uh, I perceive darkness and light differently 
than humans do. Yeah. You know? And then and then and then Batman shows up. Uh, you know, being all Batman, no sound, just kind of shows up. She see she sees him, it scares him. He's like, "Hold on, man." <laughs> hold, hold, hold on, bro. <laughs> it's like when I did it, it was by accident. You're you did that on purpose. You're kind of a dick. <laughs> it was great because he, she was just like talking to Superman, and all of a sudden she like moves her flashlight, and Batman's just fucking standing there. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> uh, Batman kind of Batman, bro. Yeah, and that was his excuse too. As I'm know, Batman. Literally, the yeah. first thing that he says to her is, "I'm Batman." Yeah. Like really? Yeah. I think we got it. I think she figured that out. <laughs> Um, so that was a great moment. And then I know we talked about, um, with, when we were discussing no justice, uh, we had some choice comic panels that, uh, <laughs> they were a little wonky to say the least. Babushka um, Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen that, check out our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all over there. You come um, to my house and eat boiled potato stew. You, you get an invisible jet. Now, um, that sounded like Arnold a little bit at the end. Uh, get to the chopper. Um, so this one though. Oh God! With Man of Steel, Jess, you wanna you wanna line this up? I don't even know if I can do this justice. You have to see this thing. Okay, we're, we're gonna I try. You could try. Okay, so if you've seen the movie The Goonies, um, uh, there's a character in the movie called uh, Sloth, and his face is quite deformed um it, it looks like he had a stroke and then was airbrushed um to try and look a little bit normal uh and superman's face just looks like he suffered about five strokes in two minutes his uh, face just screams her i is superman <laughs> It's true, and if you if you have seen once again if you have seen the Goonies, it just it makes you want to say, "Hey, you guys, love, love, chunk, baby, Ruth." Yeah, oh good. god, it's so. I, I just I really have to question sometimes what makes the artist think. Yes, this is the expression no, that we need for this it's panel. It's not the artist; it's the editor. What editor Why? sees that and goes, yeah, yes, this is, good. this is perfect. Mom, you fucking nailed it. You've been bad. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, it's tight. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. So we get some pretty choice comic panels. Um, not as much as No Justice, but hey, listen. Not everybody can be a winner. <laughs> that, that's right. Especially, Especially after you suffer five strokes. Um, so so. what would you guys think about the villain? He was so boring. Very predictable. Yep. Although, although, he did do something really fucked up. Yeah, he did. So, it's like, and it it was so, it was such a quick turnaround, right? Like, we got this thing in No Justice, and then it's just ripped away from us in Man of Steel. So, uh, let me back up a little bit. Yeah. Rolls are actually, um, it, it retcons a little bit of history in that, he actually destroys Krypton as opposed to Krypton just naturally exploding. Right. Um, so he, he does that. He sees himself as a cleanser of worlds mm-hmm. in, in, in ways. Um, and once he learns about Kal-El's survival, takes it upon himself to cleanse the earth of 
any kind of Kryptonians. Right. Uh, so, for starters, he whoops Superman's ass. Just Big time. whoops that ass. Big time. And he does it in a way that's actually kind of smart, where he pulls him into Metropolis, and because he knows Superman will be concerned about other humans, other humans, um, and he won't truly like fight him. Right. Uh, and he figures it out pretty quick. Yeah. He does. He really does, uh, which makes that kind of fun. Um, but you know, we get Supergirl in the title as well, which is yeah, which is always nice. I thought that was a that was a nice nice addition to this story. There's there's multiple Kryptonians, so people need to you know watch your step. Um, get to stepping. Yeah, and then we learn that this motherfucker goes completely destroys the Forge of Solitude. Uh. uh and even more so heartbreaking. Yeah, he destroys the bottled city of Kandor, which is awful. Like the you can just see like the the pain in both Clark and, and Kara. Like it's, it's rough. It was very very well drawn. Yeah. You know, like that could have been a moment that was that lost its impact due to, you know, bad art, poor illustration. Yeah. No. That was very good. I thought so too. Very raw emotion there. Um, so. And then, like, uh, finally for me, story-wise anyway, this this was basically a way to get John and Lois and Jarrell off the board. Right. And, and you know what? They Not only did they take them off the board, but they took away the only form of contact that Superman could have with them. Yep. So it's not even like... He could even attempt to pull back John or, like, try and help Lois if anything comes up, you know, where she is. So... I mean, look, they're basically safe because there's, like, one and a half Kryptonians running around, yeah. powered up from the yellow sun, <laughs> yeah. running around the galaxy. I mean, right. I think they'll be all right. True. Um, but, you know... Even still. Look, as a dad, like, I understand. Like, that's kind of where I started to connect with Superman a little more. Lately, because I've always loved the character, but I always felt like he was almost a little too powerful and not relatable. But once he had a family, like to me personally, it was like, okay, I I, I get it. I can understand some of these choices that he makes now. Um, so yeah, it, it made it a little more interesting. Sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, overall, though, I thought it was pretty dull. You know? <sighs> yeah, I mean. It was not the introduction that I I wanted, and I was really I excited to read it because I, I like Jesse. I haven't really I haven't read Superman um, that much. I might have read an issue here or there, but he's not my favorite character to begin with. Um, granted, over the past couple of years, I I have been uh, liking him more and more, but really haven't read that much of him. And I really wish I got something better than this to start going at it. Yeah, I agree. You know, so yeah, no, it the this whole thing just didn't do it for me. I was not that the the writing throughout it just felt very flat, and I don't know. I for some reason, and like I was mentioned to you guys earlier, it might have just been like the way I was interpreting it. But every time Superman spoke, it just he sounded bored. He really did. Yeah. I yeah. get, and I, I I totally see that too. It's just a, it, I think the the constant like 
I need to find my family. I need to help my family. I need to stop this guy. Like that kind of get got recycled over and over, issue to issue. Yeah, too much. Wasn't fun. Well, and then and then how many times can you read the same lines over and over again before it actually just you just warp it in your head? Like, oh my god, okay. I felt like it. I felt like it did pick up when we finally got a conversation between Clark, John, Lois, and Jarrell. Yeah, that was actually a fun interaction to read. Yeah, it was. And how they made the decision that you know. Some were gonna go. Clark was gonna stay. I, th- it almost, it almost seemed like that part was rushed. Like they, they could have like drug out that conversation. Yeah. Had they not drug out the same five panels and two lines for four issues. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So I don't know what the hell, man. I don't know. And I think he's a better writer than that. So it's it's a little disappointing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but the Superman series seems to be off to a little bit of a stronger start. Um, it's a little more fun to read. You, you get more Justice League characters in it, which I can never complain. Right, right. Especially, especially when you get a guy like Martian Manhunter and in the, in the showing. Uh, I'm no hell yeah. I need more. More. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't understand why there's not a Martian Manhunter ongoing. Because I would love it. Yeah, personally. Yep. And you know what? I actually think it would be really interesting and a really really compelling comic. If they made, if they made it based on how they made John in um, Justice League Unlimited, yep, like ru- just totally running shit, calling the shots. He like, is like in in Justice in the Justice League comic book now. Yeah, John's in charge, it, yep. and they and it sh- there should be a comic where it's like just him, like not the major stories and everything of like Justice yeah. League, just like the small shit, like telling Hog and Dove to go here. You know, and maybe, like, something happens and he has to, like, bail him out somehow. Bitch, go him off the floor. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think that would be pretty sweet. That would be good. But, I don't know. You guys have anything else on Superman? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how it can possibly redeem itself through the ongoing. But Sure. Uh, we'll see. All right. Well, um, all right. What else we got? Well, it's Jesse's I'm Not Buying It. Okay. All right. So, Sony has announced that in the Venom movie... Venom will sport the white spider logo on his costume without Ooh. actually interacting with Spider-Man. That's, that's so so th- this isn't so much like a I'm angry with you sort of I'm not buying. It's more of a I'm very confused. What the fuck, I'm just, I'm man? Just, what? No, I, but how? I, th- how? Yeah, how? There's no Why? logic. Why? There's no logic there. I just want to back up real quick and ask how. Yeah. Um, right. So, but I think you're missing the, the big how. point. Why? Okay. Yeah. Also, why? How? Uh, why? How? Why? How? Why? How? So, yeah. Just See, they're gonna on, but, they're gonna play it off as just like. Let me let me let me uh, ask let me, you a question. Okay. Has he been attached to Spider Man? Has this, has the, has the symbiote? Um, symbiote. Shut symbiote? up. <laughs> has the symbiote been attached to Spider Man? You both. I I don't know. We uh, don't know. Was it attached to Silk? Sony hasn't said anything. Was it attached to any spider-oriented character? We don't know. They're gonna play it off as like, oh, they probably met off-screen somewhere, but that, that that's bullshit. But uh, I'm just what? But I'm so. I don't. I'm so tired. Of Sony fucking up. <laughs> Come on, Sony. What the actual hell? 
I mean, seriously, how the, how are you going to explain this? I don't think they can. Uh, tell that, me now. I just in this pr- recorded podcast that no one can hear and isn't <laughs> live. Tell me now. God damn it. So I I just I, I don't understand where their head is, and I I I, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm so confused. Here, I I I, I got it. I got it. Just okay. sell it all back to Marvel. Oh, yeah. now you have something. Yeah. Now you're cooking. That's that's the big piece of information they're going to reveal like right before Venom <laughs> right. hits theaters. Oh, by the way, we actually sold everything back to Marvel. Right. Oh. Uh, this see now this is another reason why I know I've mentioned this in a previous podcast. I'm sorry, we're going so off the rails with this. I'm not buying it segment, <laughs> but. I did mention before that the symbiote could attach itself to Spider-Man in Avengers or Infinity War, and it didn't happen in Infinity War, but Spider-Man is off the planet. God knows where the fuck he is, or where he's going to come back to. Yeah, but they've already yeah. shown that they're, they've like basically developed it in a lab, so... And plus then you have timeline issues, because Venom's coming out in October, and Avengers 4 won't be until May. But they could they could say that... No, they could, no... Not, yeah, sorry. Sorry, bro. No. Hate to burst your bubble. So, yeah, I'm just... I'm not even just not buying it. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the saddest thing I've ever heard. And in the time now that we have together, let us pray that Sony sells its property, dear friends, back to Marvel. And apparently add Master Chief to the <laughs> mix. Yep. <laughs> just, D- Disney, while you're at it, just buy Microsoft, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was Jesse's and all of our fucking disappointments in one. <laughs> anyway, okay. what's, what's next on the agenda? Man, don't you know we're talking about Luke Cage? What did you just say? Don't you know, man? We are talking about Luke Cage. Oh God, I didn't understand that. Uh, Luke Cage, <laughs> Lucas Cage, Carl Lucas, Carl, Carl Lucas, Carl, Carl. <laughs> Randy. Uh, what what have we done? <laughs> this segment's already ruined. My God, what have I done? All right, so as the days go by, we talk about Luke Cage season two. Uh, now, if you have not seen Luke Cage Season 2, allow me to give you a plot rundown. You mean Season 1? Yeah, before we do that, recap Season 1. Reese, what? Gu- guide us into Dr- this. Tell us where we're at. Okay, fine, fine. Maybe if you're fine. out, throw in some Defenders, too. Damn it. Almighty. So, <laughs> all right. First, I'm going to start off with, have you seen Iron Fist? Don't see it. Uh, wait until you watch The Defenders. I mean, you could technically jump into Jessica Jones here. Yeah, I could. All right, so uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones have sex. Um, Not super-powered sex. Yes. It breaks uh, her wall. Yep, so they know each other. Um, <laughs> then it goes into uh, Luke Cage. and Lu- Luke Cage! Luke Cage was experimented oh, yeah. on, and he was given... Super strength and ultra-hardened skin, which could only be penetrated by a Judas bullet developed by Hammer Industries. Nice use of the word penetrated. 
thanks. <laughs> Just like Jessica. All right, so. Oh, yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was awful. I'm sorry. Um, but that's true. So, um, anyway. So, Luke Cage can only be hurt by a Judas bullet in season one. Uh, he has a brother that he didn't know about until near the end of season one who ended up being the one pulling most of the strings to try and ruin Carl Lucas's life all through season one and even before the season started. His name is Diamondback. He's super jealous that he doesn't get superpowers like Luke Cage. He's really mad. Or his daddy's love. Or that either. His dad had an affair and he's a pastor. Figure that one out. Practice hey, man, you, he's human. Practice what you preach, man. He's human. He's human. I'll give him a pass. But that was still kind of terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Anyway, so Luke has a brother. Didn't know about him. Once his brother wants his powers, and he tries to ruin his life. And also, during season one, we're introduced to a detective. Her name is Misty Knight, also known as Mercedes Knight. She is very cool. She stays true to her values and is a very moral high ground detective. I just realized this sounds like you're like a seventh grader reading a report for the class. It really does. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. So, with Misty Knight in the picture, trying to help Luke Cage, you know, navigate life and everything, not getting arrested as a vigilante in Harlem, uh, she helps him take down numerous foes in Harlem, including... The Stokes family! Hey, the hey, Stokes family! The Stokes! So, about the Stokes, they're real pieces of shit. <laughs> um, it all started way back when you don't even remember because you just don't. So the grandmother ended up running a whorehouse and some really, really bad shit happens. Uh, the family owns uh, the premier nightclub in Harlem called Harlem's Paradise. Now, this was purchased through prostitution money. And best it, kind of money. Yeah, I know. So, I mean... What the fuck was that sound? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. This is purchased through prostitution money, and it is run from the grandmother and passed down to Stokes, to Stokes, to Stokes, to Stokes. And eventually in season one ends up in Cornell Stokes' hands. Personally, one of my favorite Stokes. He's super good at music. Actually, um, did a really kind of cool thing, but was put in a really tough position because the family's really fucked up, but he was just trying to defend his family at the same time, uh, which we find out in season two. Anyway, Cornell Stokes goes crazy because he finds out that there's a person that he can't take down, which is Luke Cage. He loses his mind in season one, ends up dying. Because his cousin, Mariah Stokes. Good old Mariah. Oh my god, Mariah Stokes. What the Your fuck? Your favorite person. Oh my god. Anyway, so Mariah freaks out at Cornell. And in season two, we find out why. And the way that she freaks out is she kills him. As, with the microphone as, stand. As you do. As you do. You guys haven't killed your cousins like that? All the time. Okay. I'm running out of cousins. It's a good thing I'm a Mexican. I got a lot of cousins to go through. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like so, it. uh, <laughs> just as an overall general thing as well, for Luke Cage personally, all through season one, he struggles with the fact that he is a superhero and he doesn't really want to use his superpowers to do really much of anything. 
kind of fucking lame. But near the end of it, he starts to accept his position in the world and as Harlem's hero. Now, cut to season two. Uh, Diamondback has seemingly been defeated, but at the end of season one, you see him being experimented on by the same doctor that experimented on Luke and gave him superpowers, which leads you to believe you're going to see him in season two. You don't. So, um, anyway, season two starts and Luke is rockin' sock'em ready to Wait, go. Wait, you done with season one now? Yeah. All right, you don't, you don't have to keep doing this. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. All right. Uh, thanks. So, that was a very thorough recap. That's good. It's good work. Thorough. <laughs> Great delivery. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. All right. So, Jesus Christ. So in season two. All right. So season two. Um, let's all right. All right. What, what so high level again. General thoughts on season two. Definitely wasn't as good as the first season. Yeah. Um, no. It just didn't have the same appeal. It. But it could have. It, it could have. It, it could have. It just. It was Luke's show, but it wasn't. I will. Almost, I will disagree with you. I think it was better than the first season, really, in in many ways. Um, Certain aspects, yes, I will say it did have better appeal than the first season. But overall, I'd say it just wasn't as strong. No, I, I think it, I think it was better, top top to bottom. I think there were some clear missteps. I think we all agree on those missteps, but I think it was better. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I was really annoyed with the fact that we didn't get like any time with luke cage whatsoever it felt like we got more than you think but i think it was more important to develop some of those supporting characters yeah also biggest disappointment may have been the music and the musical guest stars yeah, yeah man. I, I mean I, I i grew to know the show as like really awesome music and like, just and like, it, got and it's not like it was like shoved in your face it was just no, woven in exactly it was, it was so well done yeah and really, I music is a huge part of my life. I'm a musician, and yeah. like when I watched season one of Luke Cage, like you said, it flowed with the episode. Like it really made sense, and not only did it make sense, but the songs were freaking awesome. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. Season two, forgettable, forgettable, with few notable. Appearances. I mean, we got we got Karis One, which is cool from a hip hop perspective. We got Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, which I I disagree. I mean, you like you 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 told me some Gary Clark Jr. is better than no Gary Clark Jr. But my whole thing about that is love the song Bright Lights. Yeah, it's don't, a great song. Don't know why they chopped it up for the show. It's like it's like they. Took a step. It was very staccato. Like yeah, it was it was very weird, and it was like a jolting song as opposed to a smooth ebb and flow yeah. through the whole. So thing. once you said that to me, I actually went back and watched it again. I actually re- I agree with that. So like that, the choppiness was weird, but I still I just love having Gary Clark Jr. in yeah. like, literally anything. It was cool. So. And then the other one that I really really liked was um was this, uh. Is it Chris Kingfish Ingram? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Let me just say that, like, probably, f- I want to say four years ago, I saw him on YouTube just randomly. Uh, Falling j- down a YouTube hole like you do? Yeah. And 
he was just like one of the best soloing guitarists like I uh-huh. have, I have ever heard. I agree with you there. And it, it just totally blew me away. And then I see him show up in Luke Cage. Yep. Like uh, <laughs> four years later. Uh, what? It's completely random. Yeah. So I, I love that they they never like really hyped it up. And like when you get a musical guest or you get a big soundtrack piece, like it just it's just there. Yeah. Like you're you have no inkling of it coming. Nope. Which is Except for the one, Karis one. Yeah, towards towards the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We gotta get all the people in here so Luke Cage doesn't come and fuck us all up. Yeah, yeah. No, eh, whatever. All right, so let's let's get into some spoiler stuff. Okay. Um. So if you haven't seen it, suck it up. Just listen and you'll you'll have fun. I hope. Um. So what did you guys? What were you guys thinking about? Like, um, just. What moments stuck out to you? Definitely the whole um, Danny and Luke episode. Yes, oh, dude. I'm right there with you, dude. So I'm gonna make I'm gonna drop kind of a hot take here. Uh, that episode, that one episode, redeems Danny Rand. Yes, almost and all. if they can, Hell keep, yes. if they can keep him going for future Iron Fist seasons like that, then we're fine. Like I was, I was taking notes as I was watching, and one of the things that I wrote down about that episode in particular is you can see there's a there's a true chemistry there, mm-hmm. like between not just the characters but the actual actors. Yeah, like you can tell it feels like you know they enjoy being near each other, enjoy working with each other, and and it just it just clicks. <laughs> and yeah, and they work together so well that it actually pays off visually at times too. Oh yeah. During the action sequences, they do the fucking coolest combo moves. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. Like that that may have been my favorite action sequence of the entire thing. Oh yeah. It, it just doubt. barely it just barely goes above another one that I know we're probably gonna get into. Well let's just talk about oh, it. Let's talk about it. Fine, fuck it. The Bushmaster Luke Cage team up. Dude. <laughs> uh, the only thing I could compare it to is Captain America and Bucky. Um, Winter Soldier, yeah. Yeah, trying trying to um no, it was in Civil War when they were getting out of the apartment and yeah. and he was like trying, trying to, to hold like, hold yeah, Bucky hold, back by soldiers as the rain thrown over the banisters. Yeah, it's so and... funny because I was just watching it and like there, there's one point where he like does throw the guy and Cap catches him and just looks at him just like dude, dude. <laughs> and like you see that face from Luke and it's fantastic. Except you know he wasn't. Bushmaster wasn't throwing people down a stairwell. He was fucking axing them. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, uh, no. Nah. He would catch the axe Come in midair. Like, Come on, man. Oh, he's great. Dude, and that fight. Holy shit. So it's like Luke trying to stand his ground and just kicking all the ass that comes near him. And then you have Bushmaster pretty much on perimeter control. Every fucking square foot around Luke Cage, just like jumping and flipping, and like, oh, it's it looks awesome. So speaking of action, like that that is one of the it's like a kaleidoscope. One of the yeah, <laughs> one of the points that I that I put down here is that um, there's a distinct like definition in the the styles of fighting. So Luke is just kind of a bruiser. He relies yeah. on his strength and and his power his powers rather. To, to get him through just basically every just situation. Brute force. Whereas Bushmaster is an actual fighter. Yeah. Like, you can see it, and there's skill, and that's why Luke gets his ass kicked a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, I mean, you know, the the dust in the eyes, you know, that bullshit and cheating. That yeah. Was, but, that, was pretty, but, uh, that was pretty blood sport. Uh, but beyond that. Hate that. Oh, blood sport. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. I mean, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they did that and when he throws the sand in his eyes, like it paralyzes Luke. I'm yeah. pretty sure they had it be that way. So they couldn't go on full blood sport and, oh, yeah. and make them do that scream. Oh my god, it would have been fantastic. I would have loved it. Yeah. It's such a bad movie and I love it so much. Yep. Um so I felt like their fights were awesome, but I think the Debatable. What? I don't I don't I don't think the fights between Bushmaster and Luke Cage were all that they was cracked up to be. I th- I think they were more fun than you might be remembering. I mean, think about it, Because, though. specifically because the hero doesn't win until the very end here, he gets his ass whooped. Yeah. Like that, times. That first, that first time, like, it's it's out of left field, and it's like, okay, I'm not expecting that it. That wasn't even a fight. Yeah, that's not fair. He just got Second time punched. was a fight, and they were thrown down. On the bridge, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, okay, that one was pretty cool. Luke still got his ass whooped. Um, and then also, I didn't understand, like, so with every every hit that Bushmaster takes, does his power just decrease substantially? Because that's really what it seemed like. After like three hits, he was like, oh my god. So yeah, I mean, look, you have to consider that Bushmaster, he doesn't necessarily have powers. Like it's granted to him through the nightshade. Right. So like he as he incurs damage, like the effect of the nightshade is less and less. And then consider that he has to use more and more nightshade to try it's it's the law of diminishing returns right so basically he the more he uses it the less benefit he gets out of it yeah i mean just just have every every fight that involved bushmaster and luke cage nothing really came even close to the one where they were working together and and that's a kind of a cool thing that kept popping up was like man we would be awesome if we worked together here yeah, like because like, 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 the they essentially here. want the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, something that's kind of frustrating to me at this point. Why the fuck are you still shooting guns at Luke Cage? I I thought that the entire time. I'm like, just, you know that he's bulletproof. Why, hey man? We gotta try. No, you don't. You're just wasting bullets. No, yeah. no. It, like, if you see a guy start to shoot at him, you just run. You just and, run because yeah. you'll make it. Yeah. And the thing is, you might even get hit by your own fucking bullet. Yeah. Like, there's times where he, like, aims a deflection <laughs> at people and was just like, you deserve that. Yeah. Dumbass. So, uh, that that kind of bothered me. That's foolhardy. Um, so, what do you guys think about the relationship with Claire? Well, uh, I it was too obvious. Like, to, to me, the whole beginning of the season and Luke's kind of mental descent was too... It, I don't know. I just I saw it coming a mile away. You know, he's he's starting to to feel good about what he's doing, and then he's getting really popular, and then oh, I'm getting a case of the of the feels and all the sadness. I'm gonna get really depressed now and take out with my anger. You know, and then Claire's gonna be like, uh, no, I don't like that. Can you please stop? No, I'm sad. Rah! And then he just keeps going with that. And then, sh- what do you expect a person to do? It feels like we're we're watching an episode of Drunk History right now. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I mean, like, what do you what do you what do you want her to do? Stick so, stick around? So like, come on. Here's the thing, right? He's not going to listen to her. We knew ahead of this. I think we talked about it on a prior podcast. Yeah. That um, Rosario Dawson was done. To the best of her knowledge, she was done with Marvel. Right. So. 
like, I just feel like she got an unceremonious send off. Yeah, she basically just stormed off. Yep. Like, if, and you, then if you're gonna act this, act this way, then fuck it. And then she didn't even get like a send off in the finale because then you yeah. see Luke. It's like tell Claire to go home. Yeah. What? She? Why is she here? You? That's. You that's didn't even the... show her. That was super awkward. It was. It was really awkward. Like, like it, it, it didn't even like cut to her walking yeah. exactly. into. Yeah. And it's not like you don't have the B roll. She's been in that club a thousand times. Right. Why don't you just use some of the B roll? There she is. Up. Oh, tell Claire to go home. Yeah. And then show the guy walking away. You don't have to even think about it again. No. Misstep right there. But they didn't do it. No. Uh, so. <laughs> all right. So can we talk about our favorite characters here? Uh, real sure. quick. Who are your favorite characters this season? Misty. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, the, she's, the snark is strong with that one. And that, that, that just speaks to my soul. It really does. Like, not only was she snarky as fuck, she was a badass. <laughs> and it was just like, like, so she managed to, to keep those things while still being a beautiful, strong woman. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's amazing. Like, and I love watching, like them depicting her detective skills like, like oh, ever since they started so in season good. one it's just so cool to watch how it all just plays out in her head it's very sherlock holmes it yes. is yeah absolutely uh shades uh also incredibly snarky i still love him he's yeah. still one oh, of my absolutely. favorites he was definitely my favorite from last season like i loved him so much he was one of my favorites from last season I didn't love him as much this season, but I still loved him. No. I, I I loved him in the last couple episodes. Yes. So he flips on Mariah. Yes. Um, and once that happens, he becomes Shades of Old. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, I killed that motherfucker. <laughs> it was hilarious. Yeah, but, <laughs> I was just like, oh, my I God. I loved him so much. It's so awesome. Uh, and it, it, it was it was really tough to hear him like tell these stories, and it was really cool how they showed um, – it was like a – a scene on a bird man where it was like they didn't cut, you know, shades was like done telling his stories. Camera goes up to Misty and it follows her going out of the interrogation room, grabbing a soda, like a couple rooms away, taking like a breather and like lets out a few tears and yeah. like is actively holding back much, much more because what she just heard was like an hour long of just straight murders that this dude has done. Done or or, or was witness to. Yeah. Yes. And they're just horrific. And most of them she's seen the aftermath of. Yeah. So she takes a breather and the camera just follows her right back into the room and it's as if she didn't miss a beat. Like nothing ever happened yeah. and didn't face her. She gets her shit together like that, immediately. That acting right there. Yeah. That was it. I, I'm sorry, Misty series MVP right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, uh, speaking of Misty, those arm jokes did not <laughs> die. Like, Dude, no. From the beginning to the end, and it was great. And I was just like, this Ooh. woman lost her arm trying to, like, defend the city, and you're making fun of her? <laughs> like, you who, need a hand? Like, who says that? <laughs> who says these? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it, it, like, caught me off guard. Like, this woman just came back. To be a cop again, did absolutely nothing wrong, and you're like, "Hey, <laughs> sucks about your arm, huh?" This <laughs> is like so funny, and like it was a couple times she was even dropping the jokes, and it was just like, "Oh my god, yes!" Yeah, and this at one fantastic. point, one point she just stands up and she's like, "All right, you fuckers," just pulls it, yeah, just pulls it off. It's like, look at it, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That was really cool. It was really cool how they pulled in Rand. 
and Rand Industries. They're utilizing the properties that they have. Colleen Wing? Yes. Yes. Yes, that was awesome. That that whole training session, the fucking bar fight the with bar that fight. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They, they brought in Foggy. Oh, yeah. That they was brought awesome. in Foggy. Yep. Um, yeah. So using Rand Industries to give Misty her, uh, a bionic arm, which actually gives her some major ass whooping advantages. Um, that was uh, a good move. Speaking of which, when she like goes against the um, that one cop that like I can't remember her name. The, like kind of oh yeah in like, the like, in the airport like, hangar yeah she's like get up and take this ass whooping and I was like oh yeah <laughs> yep yeah and everyone just let her do it yep. <laughs> there was Backed like up. the force like, and like the police chief directly behind her I, like, I, don't, I don't even want nothing to do with this <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> gotta let this play out um how about this least favorite character <sighs> I mean I know what your answer is gonna be maybe not though oh okay um. That's a good question. So, I almost want to go <sighs> Comanche, which is we like because he was so kind of minor, but like every time he's on screen, it, it, I just felt like, what the fuck? Are you no, nope, I take it back. Tilda, Tilda, basically walking plot device. Thank <laughs> you. Standard. Fucking annoying. That was where I was going with this. She wasn't a character. She was a plot device. <laughs> Like, Only... I actually remember in my notes, I was like, what the fuck is the point of you? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to humanize Mariah, but I'm not really succeeding. Oh, I can help Bushmaster get this nightshade, but, like, there's there's no other reason for you to exist. Yeah. She she just did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, speaking her, of herself. Speaking like... of her existence... Oh God, that oh, story! God. Yeah, that was uh, that was, that was rough. So, in case you don't know, what we're talking about. She's the product of incest and and rape. Yep, and was raised by a father who was gay and wasn't actually her father. And this ties back into my whole recap of season one, where I say Cornell Stokes was my favorite Stokes, and this is because kind of was the best Stokes. Yeah, right. it was. Um, so well, Mariah was on a good streak for a while there yeah, oh. at the beginning, then she spiraled again. Yeah. So Pete Stokes, Mariah's uncle Ugh. rapes Mariah, um, when she was much younger. And that is how Tilda came about. Because her, the grandma didn't believe in abortions. Correct. And wouldn't let her get rid of it. So Cornell ends up killing Pete because of the entire situation. Uh, he was really just trying to protect his cousin from any further harm from this man. And for that, he is the best Stokes. You know, I don't condone the actions of murder. Uh, of course not. Or the act of murder. But, you know, this is a fucked up world, a fucked up story, and to me, he is the best one out of all of them. So, anyway, yes, going back to least favorite character, I'm going to have to say Tilda as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, here's a surprise for you. Had they done it correctly, I think Bushmaster would have been one of my, if not my favorite characters of the season. I agree with you. So as I was watching, I was actually just looking at my notes real quick. Like Bushmaster gets his origin 
like in episode like ten or something like that. It was like three quarters of the way through the season. Yeah, it was like it almost didn't make sense. I was I was as I was looking through, I was like, all right, so why we know Bushmaster hates the Stokes family, but why? Yeah. Why? Why? And it, like when I finally got, it, I was like, it feels like way too late now. You're burning daylight. There's not a whole lot of time left for you to reach your end game. Yeah. It just felt really rushed. Well, he was and, burning daylight, and Mariah was burning his family. Which oh. was fucking rough to watch. Oh. It yeah. was rough. Holy shit, was, was that bad? Innocent people in the restaurant. Yeah, man. Just gun people. Like, that was... That should have been a moment that oh. you recognized that she was just an awful, awful person. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. If I mean, if you didn't already come to that conclusion <laughs> already. No redeeming qualities there. And, I mean, she's had a rough go of it at times, but nah, man. No. She she got to go. She has every opportunity to not do any of the dumb shit she does, yet she does it anyway. So 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 let's talk about Mariah a little bit. Do we have to? Yeah, yes. we have to. All we right. have to. Uh right. So before we start this though, I'm sorry to cut you off. No. The Marvel problem of not spending enough time with your villains or having a good villain. I think is pretty much solved with Mariah. You spend a goddamn good amount of time with her. So that's the first thing I was really going to say. Like you spent a lot of time with her. Like you tried. They tried to do what they did with Kingpin with Mariah, and it didn't quite work. Well, see, it it didn't work because she, the performance of her, was just over the top. So it was a shell game, right? At times you move things around. It's the performance. Times you move things around, it's the writing. Times you move things around, it's kind of the directing. Yeah. Like it just, like they just didn't. And like she's a good actress, right? Like I don't think she's a bad actress. There are times in season one where I thought she was good. She was actually in uh, Civil War in the very beginning, yeah. talking to Tony Stark. And there's like palpable emotion there. So I don't think she's a bad actress. I just think that maybe too much, too much time was devoted there. Which can lead to, like, inconsistencies in the acting and just overacting at times, which there definitely was. Right. Yeah. It really um, really detracted from the gravity of the situations at times, you know. Cause like you said, it is a shuffle game. You know, it was writing, then performance, but I feel like at the times where... The writing was very good. The and performance was not. Yeah, it just didn't hit home, and you're yeah. like, you're like, oh, that's crazy, but wow, that was fucking weird to watch. You know, it just it wasn't there for me personally. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't so know. So let's talk about Bushmaster a little bit. Let's do it, John McIver. <laughs> um. So one of my biggest problems, Johnny boy, just in general, was that fucking thick ass Jamaican accent. Yeah. There were times where I couldn't even. So uh, I've know. said this many times to you guys, but like accents, I don't normally have a problem with. I can get through just about any accent on a TV show I'm or right movie or you. even real life. But this Jamaican accent, oh my God, was so thick. You know what? I have to say, I'm horrible with accents. It took me about two or three episodes and I refused to turn on the subtitles. I refused. I did the same thing. Refused because I wanted to be like, no. I don't want to miss all the rest of the shit throughout the season because I'm reading. I'm going to understand this. I con- Guys, I concentrate so hard on understanding this accent. It 
it is very difficult to get through. I did something that I never do. I I hit rewind like a bunch of times. Yes, and that is what I had to do as well. So like there were a couple like words that they used a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, no, 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 no. I need to know what this is. And then it helped me like piece together things. Don't be afraid to rewind. Be kind. Rewind. That's true. Yeah. Good movie too. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes it was sometimes it was like a point of of almost comedy. It's like. Uh, yes, uh, what do you know about Mariah Dillon? Stokes! Like, like, yeah, like, once an episode. That needs needs to be a meme, dude. Yeah, it really does. Make it. Make it tonight when you get home. Uh, (laughs) yeah, so, like, that, that was one that just recurred over and over again. Um, you know, and he, he ends up ultimately being, like, a tragic character. Like, I, I feel for him because, you know, once you got his backstory, it was like, Man, that's real fucked up, man. Dude has the most tragic life. Like, literally everything that was supposed to be, like, within his family, right, was just completely stripped away because the Stokes are dicks. So, like, that's that's almost why I wish, like, instead of, like, going after Luke Cage and fighting him, it almost would have been a better writing choice to have him explain what's going on. Hey, we have a common enemy. Let's let's shut this shit down together, and then maybe have them turn later on. Dude, they had such a great chemistry too. Like at the exactly at the one point, um, after Mariah burns Bushmaster's family. Yeah. Oh man. And the the only person to survive that was his aunt, and she wanted to go see the the burned body of oh. of her husband and oh, Bushmaster's so uncle in the morgue. Watch. It was a great scene because both Bushmaster and Luke Cage were there in the morgue. And John's aunt was like, you two do not fight now. You talk. And they both just stood there and talked like, <laughs> like it was, it was like they were partners like all their life. Like they, they had some great on-screen chemistry. I agree. Yeah. It was like watching two kids get reprimanded though. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. It's like you go, you say you're sorry. You both apologize. <laughs> you make up. Apologize. And they, they like, like they Apologize. stood there like super stiff, like you're two jack dudes standing side by side. Just like, I'm sorry, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it was really great. Funny. All right, so uh, just let's move into some just random thoughts throughout the season. Um, oh, this wasn't that. No. Okay. No, we that's some podcast. So the drugs was like a big theme. So you got drugs Drugs. being sold sold in Luke's name and then in Bushmaster's name later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a form of disrespect. Uh, I thought it was funny that uh, ESPN covers ass whoopings now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just kind of came out of nowhere. uh, Speaking of of the the video, the ass whooping, the guy who's taking the video also took another video, which was right in the beginning of the season – and was the most one of the most cringeworthy moments I think throughout Luke Cage. Oh series. yeah, the dab. Oh my god! If you know me, or if you want me, you know where to find me. Dab. Like, come on. Yeah, it was bad. Come on, dude. It's real bad. It was so corny. Uh, like extremely. <laughs> so, uh, like, it was almost predictable at times to see a Luke Cage, Mariah, and Shades team up, um, coming, which happened a little bit in the season. Um, you think so? Yeah, a little bit. Like I, I called it. I called it like three episodes ahead of time. I was watching. Okay. And I was like, oh, I think they're probably wind up teaming up. They wind up teaming up. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. They wind up teaming up. Team up. 
Uh, I love when Misty got her arm. That was super cool to watch. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really going to be almost an antagonistic relationship at first, but once Luke got settled in with his dad, like there were there were some real moments there. Yeah. Like you could tell. Oh, there were some great lines throughout the series, man. Um, or so the season. My uh, <laughs> my favorite line from Luke's dad to to Luke uh, is like he's like. He's like essentially like smart mouth in a little bit, and he goes, "You better take that bass out your voice." And I was oh, like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> it's like there's nothing you can actually do to him to to enforce that, but that is just a great father son line. Oh. Like I can't I can't wait to use that one personally. Now, what what was the exact line? I don't, I don't want to butcher it, and but I think it was the most impactful of the season. Oh, where he was talking about the wolves, right? Yeah, so he was basically talking about... Because Luke's having this internal struggle, like whether or not he can control himself, feed into the hate that he sees every night, or try and rise above it and be Harlem's hero. Yeah, and his dad basically says, um, you know, he tells a story about, about two wolves, and he asks, you know, it, it basically comes down to which wolf is more, which wolf prevails in the end, and his dad says, it's the wolf that you feed. And I was just like, damn, dude. That was that was amazing. Like I don't it's remember great. the exact speech, but it was it was excellent. Which makes me really sad that the actor passed away. Reggie Cathy. Yeah, um, like because I felt like there was so much more. Because you notice he just kind of disappeared. Yep. Partway through, yeah. and you could tell there was more story there. But well, what can you do? Right. You know. Yeah. Very sad. True shame. Yep. Um, how do you guys feel? Remember the episode where Danny Rand was in pretty much all of it. Yeah. And he, he brings Luke up, up to like this really high, high point in the city. And they're just overlooking pretty much all of New York. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you come up here, you can see everything, you can get some perspective. How do you think that translates to Luke's decision, which was a total, total and absolute shift within a matter of two seconds yeah. at the end of the series that he decides um yeah i guess i am gonna just take over harlem's paradise thanks mariah like so so let's they, talk about that real quick let's they, back up okay so mariah basically gets killed by her walking plot device daughter yes uh by she like her, <laughs> her daughter kisses her on the mouth with like poison like it's straight out, ripped straight out of game of thrones uh and She's like talking to Luke in in prison and just fucking like starts coughing up blood and just has the worst death like I think I've <laughs> I've seen in a while. Like that's not a way you want to go out. Uh and, and being held cradled by one of your enemies. And it was tough to watch too because you could tell that Luke was enjoying watching this. A little bit. And it was it was weird because you're like, Oh wow, I don't think I've seen a hero be happy to watch someone die in uh, their arms. I mean it's not not can't say it wasn't deserved. I me uh, neither, but it's just not something you see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So she gets she gets killed. She leaves a will. Leaves Tilda Cottonmouth's uh, keyboard and leaves Harlem's Paradise to Luke. Yeah. Like this is a final middle finger, basically saying he thinks he he'll be able to take care of it, but he'll never. It, like it it will change him fundamentally. And that that and was it happens yeah. within like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he he starts out like, no, I'm not going to take it, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. <laughs> it was it was pretty much Mariah's 
final way of trying to take down the righteousness in Luke. And Luke totally takes the bait and ultimately, ultimately takes over Harmless Paradise. And they make a point of saying, or talking to Luke about that decision and saying, oh, what, so you can be like a hawk and, and see and rule over everybody here. And, you know, they, him and Danny had talked about getting some perspective from being up high earlier on in the season. Yep. Nice little wraparound. Do you see any, I don't know, any way that this could come together with that decision of him, you know? Because why would they make a point of talking about that specific spot of being high up over everybody twice? You that's know, a, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it could be the dichotomy of good and bad in a really simple way that Danny was trying to use it in the purest form to do good, whereas Luke, in that place, nothing good can come of him yeah. being up high. Yeah, you know, it's a good point. So, I don't know. I just thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, so let's talk about that end real quick. Like, sure. Do you think that's almost a villainous turn for Luke? The way that they set it up, it seems like it is. I mean, obviously they're gonna work around it, and yeah. maybe like he might like seem like an asshole for like the first episode or two of the next season, and like slowly work his way back and kind of redeem himself. But the way that they left things, it definitely was. A Big shift and not a fan of it. I didn't like it either. Here's the thing. One constant throughout the Luke, Luke Cage's series has always been the conflict between Luke and the law. Now, there's always been Misty to help pull him back and almost give him a pass from time to time. Uh, like, all right, you helped us here. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna give you some leeway with what just happened here. If you can just help us out with this, now we have a Luke that's directly, in, you know, in cahoots with crime bosses, pretty much knowing everything that's going down. Yet he's withholding it from Misty, and Misty knows it. He's not making it like a, a secret that he knows these things. So I think that in season three, he is going to have a lot of trouble doing what he needs to do because he's on the absolute wrong side of the law. He's a powered individual that knows everything about what's going on in the crime world. And he's directly, um, like I said, in cahoots with all the bosses. I wonder if maybe that'll leave the room open to eventually bring back Kingpin. It could. And have yeah. him sort of interact with Kingpin a bit. That would be neat. I would, would actually be. really, really like that. See, I think uh, thinking about the... Uh, there was one point where I was pretty sure there were two people talking to Luke, and it almost kind of gave the imagery of the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other. Yeah, and it really sh it like it like it was really just cool imagery at the time, but I can't remember exactly which episode it was in. Hmm. Well, um, any other thoughts on Luke Cage season two? Would you, or, okay? Would you recommend watching this? Uh, I would. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoyed it. There's a ton of violence. There's there's some good action. You know, dudes getting beheaded and, and then dudes getting eaten by piranhas. Like, it was it was super violent. So if you're not prepared for that, like, there's a point where Luke fucking tortures a guy. Like, yeah. Like, if you're not prepared for, like, the darker themes, you probably don't want to watch it. Very hard to watch. Um, 
But outside of that, I think it's still entertaining. Entertaining, forgettable at times. At times. I yeah, give that. that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. It's good. Still watch it. Good, not great. I don't know if I would put it above some other shows and stuff to watch first, but no, still eventually worth a watch. Do you like it better than the second season of Daredevil? Oh, it's tough. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the second season of Daredevil. I still think the first was the best. The first one still was the best. I did still enjoy the second one. I just feel like the second one got bogged down in some muddy waters a little bit toward yeah, the end. Sure. The guitar player? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I put them very close to even. I might give Daredevil the edge. Oh, Daredevil for sure. I would definitely put it above Jessica Jones season two. Me too. But not season one. Not season not one. Season oh, God, one. no. Season yeah. one was fantastic. Good Se- call. Like, I think I think we should probably do a show where we rank these Netflix shows. Yeah, because um, we, we have a good amount of uh, content to go off of now. Yeah, we'll do that. What about The Punisher? Punisher, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy would shit. You, would yeah, you we're going to do that. That's, that's a podcast. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. That's so, how we do things here. That's right. <laughs> Make it up on the fly. That's fucking right. All right. So um, watch season two of Luke Cage. If you haven't seen season one, uh, if hopefully my recap of season one makes you want to go watch it just because of that. If it doesn't, it's no Luis from Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I'll <laughs> uh, take it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you should go watch season one of Luke Cage is fantastic. Make and- sure you check out our review for Luke Cage season two at the twistedcape.com. Yes. Yes, please. And like, and share our Facebook page. Please check out our Twitter, our Instagram, and, uh, yeah, just Facebook as well. If you didn't say that, I think I said like and share. I don't I mean, know. That could be anything. I don't know anymore. Jesus. And if you guys do have any comments, suggestions for topics, um, want to join in on the conversation, feel oh, free yeah. to drop us a line. Uh, we appreciate any and all feedback. We respond almost immediately. Yep. Actually, if you check out our Facebook page, we have a 100% response rate. Oh, do we? Boom. <laughs> Nothing to brag about, but I just did. <laughs> and Humble brag. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our, at times, rambling, incoherent <gasps> thoughts about superhero things and related topics. Next time's not going to be any better. No. no. Ne- next time we get in a flash war, which I'm excited to do, and uh, we're going to break down all of San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Every bit of, of anything that comes out of it. If you haven't seen anything yet on the interwebs about San Diego Comic Con, check it out. There's some really cool shit, and it'll help you follow along with the next podcast even better. Yeah. So, with that. I'm Sam. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse. Everybody stay twisted and thanks for listening.